One o'clock on a Wednesday. It is time for Post to Post. Alan Wishart in the host chair. Be joined by Frank Peebles and Jesse Church in a few minutes. But we're going to start with an interview I did yesterday on the After Nine show with Daryl White from the Wheelan Warriors of the North. And I started by asking Daryl, how did you get involved in the Wheelan Warriors? My brother-in-law is part of the Geotech group, and they were putting together a team to join up with the Wheelan Warriors, and so I was invited to uh, participate with their team, and, and yeah, I, I do lots of biking, so it was okay. uh, fun to be able to participate with that. Okay, now you do lots of biking. Do you usually do 100 or 200 kilometers at a time? No. No. That, that was uh, definitely a new feat for me. Yeah. Now, when they... So when they first uh, told you about the Tour de Cure, did you say, I think I can handle that? Or were you kind of going, I don't know? I was definitely a little bit nervous about mm -hmm. riding that kind of distance, but um, we did lots and lots of training. and. Yeah. Um, I, I made sure that I did a 100-kilometer ride before I went down there. <laughs> yeah, because last year was your first year. Yes, it was. Wow. So what was it What was it like being, not just there as a member of the Wheeling Warriors, but just being, because I know I've talked to people, and they say there's usually, what, about 2,000 riders. Yeah. That, was, that would have been, wow. Yeah. And it, it's like the riders... The event host, everything is great, but yeah. the truly inspirational part I found was all of the people that are lined up along the road mm -hmm. all the way uh, that are cheering you on, mm -hmm. you know, thanking you for doing this yeah. event. And so that was something, nobody had told you that was happening? Uh, I didn't realize to that extent. Yeah. And then even... Uh, when you ride into the the Heritage Park mm -hmm. in Chilliwack on the first day, like there's people just uh -huh. lined up there, and yeah, it's really emotional. Yeah, it's really emotional, and your legs are going. Look, I don't care about the emotions. <laughs> I need a rest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when when you finished the first day, was it tough to convince your legs the next morning that we're going to do this again? Uh, you know, I, I was expecting that, but I didn't actually feel that bad wow. the next day when I got up. Okay. So, yeah, I hopped on my bike and... Just uh, kept going before just, the legs woke up. Yeah, just kept going. Yeah. Now, are you one of the riders who has to sometimes be reminded it's a ride, not a race? For sure. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, Karen made sure to tell me many times beforehand, mm -hmm. we stop every 25 kilometers. Yeah. So, yeah. And back up with the team. Yeah. So you guys would stop every 25 kilometers, and there were probably a couple of your team members who were sitting there going, come on, I've been waiting for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it was it was nice, though. They have, like, snack stations yeah. and drink stations. And it was 32 degrees last year when we rode, so it was definitely yes. good to uh, replenish the fluids. Yeah, now, so this was your first time. When you looked at the course... Did did they tell you much about the course in terms of going? I, I can't remember what I've heard about it. Is, are there a lot of hills, or is it fairly flat? Or it's fairly flat. Mm -hmm. I'm used to riding around here, and mm -hmm. we're always like to get a uh, hundred kilometers in. You're going up a couple of the hills around here, and um, none of the hills were that bad. No, um, you know, down 
Vancouver, Chilliwack area. It's fairly flat. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it was pretty good. There's a few few hills mm-hmm. to make it work a little bit. So I guess the other thing about it being flat is it gives you that chance during the ride to look up and even maybe look over your shoulder at some point and go, holy cow, there's a lot of people here. Yeah, there's uh, definitely a few spots where you're watching the riders beside you. There's, you know, inches between handlebars and tires and one little mix-up and not paying attention and uh, you could have a major accident. And that's probably when you're also kind of happy that it is a ride and not a race because nobody's doing 120 kilometers an hour down the straightaway. Yes, for sure. Now, when you were riding, did you stick... Because this was your first time, did you try to ride with other members of the Warriors for the most part? Uh, well, like I said, my brother-in-law yeah. was part of it. So, um, and then because we were part of like the Geotech group, mm-hmm. we lots of us rode together on the first day. And then there was uh, my brother-in-law, myself, and two other Wheeling Warrior members. We rode together on the second day. Okay. And. Uh, Kind of broke away from the pack a little bit, but <laughs> but it was uh, it was nice to stretch the legs out and get a, a good ride into. Yeah, did you have a chance to chat with any of the other riders from other teams? Yeah, yeah. Um, I remember on uh, day one going up a a little bit of a hill there, and another member off of some other team was cheering me on, no. going like, "Come on, you got this. Yeah. Let's go!" And, yeah, it's <laughs> nice just to yeah get that little boost of energy well, again, you're all in it for the same reason yes that's right yeah it's the tour to cure um cancer and if i remember correctly because again it's been a while since i've done an interview on this all the money the wheeling warriors raise stays in prince george yes it does okay yeah so that's great it's fantastic yeah, yeah. And, and we have there's lots of members on our team yes. that um have have had uh, our yeah. cancer survivors and we also have people on our team that work at the cancer society so mm-hmm. yeah it was uh, definitely good yeah so I, I guess that probably like even last year when you were practicing with the team doing the training runs did they sometimes have I don't know if I want to say inspirational speeches but did some of the people as you said that were cancer survivors or work at the cancer clinic did some of them sometimes get up and talk to the group a little bit about, just to remind everybody about what why you were doing this uh, I wouldn't say during uh, like nobody got up and had a speech or anything no. for our rides but I know a few times out riding with different members of the team uh-huh. you you'd hear some of their background and uh-huh. their survivor stories so that was nice um when we had the gala then there was uh one of the members of our team got up and there was a very inspirational story there yeah but yeah it's uh, great support yeah and so now you're doing it again this year yeah yeah, you see, up. we can now say this year. This, this is year. January. Yeah. yeah, that's correct. August the 24th and 25th. Now you're thinking, okay, August, that, that's a long ways away. And then, but you know, yeah. as a cyclist, that's not all that long to get your training in. No, it comes up pretty fast. We start training indoors end of January, beginning of February. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll ride for, I don't know, Probably till er, end of April, early May, indoors, mm-hmm. and then start riding outdoors. But um, once you get outside, it's amazing how fast that uh, three or four months goes by. Yeah. 
Now, I can't remember it. I know they used to do this. I don't know if they did it last year or not. Did they do the pie ride last year? They did, I think it's Purden. They did not do the pie ah, ride. Okay. They did, uh, I think there was four or five other signature rides that were done. Okay. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to participate in those, but, um, yeah, there's, it's, I did, we do, uh, ride two days a week. We were doing Mondays and Wednesdays last year. Okay. Um, and then, you know, there's usually a half a dozen or so people that are mm-hmm. just, going and stretching the legs out. Yeah. When you got to know some of the other members of a team, besides the ones from Geotech, did you realize, hey, I know them? Um, no, I didn't huh? find that, but it was like after riding with people, <laughs> um, eventually, you know, everyone's exchanging phone yeah. numbers for texting and, <laughs> and, uh, like when when I came back from the the tour to cure, was getting a hold of people and saying, "Hey, let's go for a bike ride." And <laughs> at that time of the year, we're going into September, oh. and it was more mountain biking. Yeah, but still, still it was uh, yeah. Everyone kind of stuck together. <laughs> Great community yeah. for sure. So now on the training runs, this is one of the names that I keep coming up with. And this is one of the reasons why I, why I had to ask you about whether you had to be reminded it's a ride, not a race. Ron Gallo. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ron yeah. is a machine. Yeah. Yeah. Now, did you find out fairly quickly if he's in a training group with you? No, you don't try to keep up with Ron? Um, he, because he's part of other cycling groups yeah. as well, he... It wasn't out for any of the Monday okay. or Wednesday training that I was part of. Okay. Uh, he did all the signature rides, yeah. but I've heard <laughs> stories and you know, uh, see on Strava, he oh, ride, rides 60 or 80 kilometers every day. Yeah. Yeah, and he races a fair bit as well. Yeah, yeah, he wasn't able to come down to the Tour de Cure no, last he year was, because he, he was. Or something he was like that. No, oh. it was the. Uh, Senior, the fifty-five plus games, fifty-five plus games. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That's lousy timing on their part. That's all I can say. (laughs) So now, going into this year, then, do you feel maybe the best way feel a little bit more comfortable because you know that you did it last year and you survived? So this year, you're going okay. Just make sure I train and. Yes, for sure. I was a little bit nervous last year, even doing a practice 100K ride. <laughs> uh, you know, we still don't really know what to expect, but no. um, yeah, now going into it, I'm really, now it's to to take it all in. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you got a little bit more time this year because you've done the ride before. So again, yeah, you'll yeah. have... You'll probably spend a little bit more time chatting with some of the other riders from other teams and stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. Now, did you did you have any bicycle problems at all last year? I did not. Wow. Okay. <laughs> there was a member of our team. I think she got two or three flat tires. Oh. <laughs> um, but there was a problem with one of her spokes, and it was kept pulling ah, through. Okay. Um, yeah, I think most of the people on our team... We're pretty lucky with uh, yeah. our bikes. Yeah, now, how do they do that? Because, again, there's, as I say, I can't remember the exact number, but there's usually about 2,000 cyclists. And 
I'm thinking down there, you must go over railway tracks at some time. Yes. So do they do they have people posted at the crossings to make sure that there isn't a train coming, and then they let so many people through, or how does that work? Um, I didn't see any trains while we were down okay. there, so. Um, there was nobody at the train crossings that I can remember. Uh, there was a part where we had to cross a busier road, and they had people yep. on the road. And the same with we crossed over the bridge, um, mm. kind of going from Chilliwack to Agassiz. Right. And they had people stopping us, letting all the traffic go, and then all, they stopped the traffic, and all yep. the cyclists went across the bridge. So. That must have been something if you were one of those uh, motorists yeah, who had not did. seen this before. Oh, okay, we got to stop to where the cyclists... No, there's not just a cyclist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's quite a few. And you all went through it once? Well, no, because no, the group okay. gets spread out. Okay, like, yeah. So, um, As much as we say, like, it's not a race, it's nah. still everybody rides at their own pace. Yeah. So you'll have some people that are riding at probably averaging around 18 to 20 kilometers an hour and some people are averaging 35 kilometers an hour mm-hmm. and then there'd be somebody like me averaging six or seven kilometers an hour <laughs> <laughs> which would not be a good thing for a hundred kilometer ride yeah uh, it'd take you an awful long time to get through so if as far as you know is the course the same this year i th- i know it Previous years, they changed it around every once in a while, but I think they've gone to basically a certain course now. Um, we don't find out a lot about the okay. course details until the la- kind of the last month before the ride, but I know that it's supposed to still be from uh, Cloverdale to Chilliwack mm-hmm. and then Chilliwack to Hope, so I would imagine it'll be the same. Yeah. So no surprises for you guys when you get on the road. That's correct. Which would be good. Yeah. Okay. So how can people donate? Um, Well, many of us go post on social media, and Mm -hmm. then there's links that you can click to. But you can go on to the Tour to Cure page and and search under Wheel and Warriors and donate to whoever you want. Yeah. Yeah. So you can, but I think you can make just a donation to the Wheel and Warriors as a group, though, as well, right? I think. Uh, I'm not sure. Okay. Okay. So just pick a name at random, and by golly, a great random name to pick would be Daryl White. It would be a great <laughs> name to pick. Yes. <laughs> Daryl, thank you very much for coming in, chatting with us about the Tour de Cure coming up in August, and you guys ready to maybe not hit the road just yet? Even though you could. I mean, do you look at this weather right now and say? Man, why aren't we training outside? There are some people I've yes. noticed that have been riding outside huh. in the last few days. So. Yeah. And you're kind of going, you guys are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to be out there too. I just have other commitments. Daryl Wyke with the Wheel and Warriors of the North talking about their upcoming tour to Cure. Uh, we're going to take a quick break and be back with uh, Frank and Jesse on Post to Post. The Beatles formed in Liverpool in 1960 and consisted of John Lennon, Paul McCartney, George Harrison, and Ringo Starr. They are widely considered to be one of the most influential bands of all time. 
the band's innovative songwriting and musicianship, as well as their charismatic personalities and sense of style, helped to shape the popular culture of the 1960s and continue to influence music today. Join us on Thursdays at 6pm for Apple Scruffs, only on 93.1. The weather outside is frightful, and the sidewalks less than delightful. If you're missing your daily or weekly walk, avoid the outdoor hazards by walking indoor at CN Centre. The corridor at CN Centre is open for public walking daily from 8 to 5, except for statutory holidays. The walking program will close for the season on Friday, April 12th. Indoor walking at CN Centre, open 8 to 5 daily on the concourse. The Prince George RCMP responded to the report of a violent assault shortly after 4.30 a.m. on Monday, December 18th. The incident happened at a unit on the 2100 block of Norwood Street. If you recall any suspicious activity in the area prior to the December 18th assault, please contact the Prince George RCMP at 250-561-3300. Information on this or any other criminal offense can be reported anonymously to Crime Stoppers at 1-800-222-TIPS. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, flurries ending this afternoon, then mainly cloudy, wind up to 15K, a high of minus 1, with a wind chill to minus 7. Tonight, partly cloudy, becoming cloudy overnight with a 60% chance of flurries, wind continuing, a low of minus 5, with a wind chill to minus 11. On Thursday, flurries ending in the morning, then clearing, wind from the south at 30, becoming light late in the afternoon, with a high of 3. back and we're going to start joined now by Jesse Church and Frank Peebles. I Happy New Year, gentlemen. Happy yes, New Year, you guys yes. as well. Yes. And actually mention this now and probably mention it again at the end of the show. Ooh, good call. This is the last Wednesday show for Post Absolutely. Post. Last Wednesday. Yeah, some juggling of programs on CFIS FM and we will be moving to Thursday at one o'clock so you're not getting rid of us. Try as you might. I was going to say, unfortunately for you guys. <laughs> yeah. No. So uh, next Thursday, and again, as I say, I'll mention it at the end of the show as well. Um, the nice thing, of course, about this being the last Wednesday is we get to talk about the fact that the Cougars are actually playing tonight. Yes. That yes. is excellent. Down south with a new player in the lineup. Uh, two, just to be clear. Well, well two, but the one guy has one played newer than the years. others. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I was noticing. And I love this trade. I love this trade. And again, it's the same thing as the other trade. As Paul's. Where they traded for Chase Pauls, a 20-year-old, and gave up young players and draft picks. Yeah. Here they got... Um, but they got a 19-year-old yeah, in this well, case. They, so couldn't he's, from, they couldn't get another 20-year-old. Well, they can always punt one, right? Yeah. But they're not going to. No. 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 <laughs> not the 20-year-olds they've got. No. no. They got Boya Vallis from Regina. He's a forward. They gave up Tyson Bukowski, a fourth-round pick in next year's prospect draft, and a conditional third-rounder in 2027. Six. Don't no, matter. But no, it's down the road. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's, that's why I like pick. this trade yeah, yeah. so much, because they've spread the pain out. Yes. Bukowski is from Saskatchewan, yes. so this so is a, a homecoming for him. For him. It's yep. great for him and mm-hmm. his family. Yeah. And and uh, he was just buried He's a good player, but he's yep. only 17, so he's yes. not going to be getting big minutes on a on a contending team full of older players. Yep. And so this is a good trade for him. We are not going to miss him because of the players that were uh, 
yes. sandbagging him basically for his ice time. Yeah, numbers wise, we're not going to miss him. I mean, Two or three was... years from now, we might wish we had that kid because I think he's going to blossom. Agreed. Yeah. yeah. But we're not going to miss him in the sense that yeah. we're giving anything up right now no. that matters in in that sense. And we're getting a guy who is a prime setup man, a, oh. a 19-year-old yep. prime setup man who can score too. I was going to say 13 goals, 20 assists, so 33 points in 35 games. And that's this year. So he's no Connor yes. Bedard beneficiary. No. Yeah, so, and that's what I was thinking, is that he's going to get the opportunity, played with Bedard last year, obviously, mm-hmm. but he's going to get the opportunity this year to play with arguably the top line in the CHL. And he's Quite got possibly, finishers yeah, right? all around him. Oh. He's a setup man. He'll score. Yeah. He's it, it's, But it's he's like, an assist guy. It's like throwing you know a guy yeah. like Brent Burns or Eric Carlson onto an Oilers team. All right, here. I'm just going to distribute yeah. the puck distribute. to everybody. Yeah. I'm going to get a 1,000 <laughs> points. Mark Lyons is going to be going, okay, we've got a power play. Oh boy, who am I going to put out to start? <laughs> the one thing that I like about this, and, and, and Frank can attest this, and you can as well, Alan, but the last time that we were this competitive was in the Matt Pachuk era. Yes. When we had um, Mr. Harkins at the helm. Yep. And we were in this kind of same position getting near the trade deadline, and then we sold the farm for, yeah. um, I can't remember the guy's name, but he doesn't even play hockey anymore. He went back to Russia and. He's mm. a TikTok star or something like that now. But sold the team, got rid of all of our young guys, and then we were in the basement for the next four or five years. This management group seems to be more like, no, no, we are going to give up nothing because this is, now we get people wanting to come play. And this is – I've been you – you'll attest, uh, Alan, that I've talked about this in the past. I am a big fan of waves of contention. Absolutely. Yes. I would rather not win a Memorial Cup ever – as long as we're in the conversation for Memorial Cup. And if you look at the results, you can't buy a championship anyway. And you can stretch that out to any sport you want. I mean, look at the biggest payrolls in Major League Baseball last year (laughs) got bounced in the first round. Yes. So all you can do, realistically, in terms of predictions, is get to the the threshold. Yeah. After that, what happens, happens. The, I, w- I see this kind of trade and the one before yeah, for, for, uh, Paul's. For, for Paul's yeah. Yeah. as sort of putting the Cougars in the position of perpetually revolving themselves Definitely. to the top two or three in Absolutely. the division yeah. every year and, yep. and not selling the farm. No, like, I agree with that 100%. Drives me crazy. The, and, and the we just saw the Edmonton Oil Kings in town the other day. Yep. And despite the fact that they won and, mm-hmm. and I was cheering for them, and I'll tell you why in a minute. <laughs> uh, because you're a traitor. Uh, yeah. I was a traitor for one night. Uh-huh. But... They were at the top. They were at the zenith of the WHL. Big contender for the Memorial Cup. Very exciting team for a year. Yep. And now where are they? (sighs) Yep. And I don't want to see that. I would rather see a high Midland team year after year after year after year. Having it, yes, the Memorial Cup, fantastic. That is the, that is the, you you, know, that's the podium. And if you you get there, you get there. Fantastic. But you're going to go deep in the playoffs. If you're in the, if you're in the playoff contention, you know, barring, like you said, the highest payrolls in baseball, right? If you're in the playoff picture for the Memorial Cup, then that means that you're probably going to the semifinals or the finals of the WHL as well. Yes. Right? You're going to have still high impact teams. The Memorial Cup. Yeah. Great. Cougars win the Memorial Cup. Cool. That does nothing for, but it's a coin flip. 
A thousand percent it is. Yeah. Yeah. But it does nothing for print. Unless you're hosting it, then I can see going a little bit more all in. Right. Yeah. Sure. We just oh, want yeah. to be good deep in the playoffs. I would yeah. love to be good deep in the playoffs because that's going to get more people out and it's going to fill the barn more. Yeah. Because and let me tell you, this team, they've been getting you crowds. It's been doing this, but as soon as there's a loss, it's going to drop again because that's. Say this with love, Prince George. That's the way this what? town is. It's if the way every winning, town is. If you go to other towns, they'll it, tell you the same thing, other than the big cities. For sure. And I, ha- and I had a conversation. Calgary and yeah. WHL oh, is a different absolutely. matter, right? Vancouver's yes. a different matter. Edmonton, right? It's, right? it's a different conversation. But when you're looking at, we're not quite big enough mm-hmm. to have, you know, where you've got 5,000 people just kind of rotating through, but we're not small enough where you can put them into a rink, say, the size of the Coliseum, and have... You know, Park Memorial a, a, Arena. Yeah, or, or sorry, <laughs> <laughs> the condemned. Um, but where it's where you're still going to fill it with two thousand people, yes. right? You're, there's so much to do in this town for such a relatively small population that you're not going to fill the rink every night. But no WHL team does unless you're in that big market, Edmonton. And their Calgary. numbers are way right. down, too. They are. Yeah. They're just uh, talking about the Saddle Dome instead of the CN Center. CN Center, yeah, yeah exactly. So when yeah. they're down, they're down to eight or 9,000 people. Yeah, they're not down to 12. No, right, not right. 1,200 people. Yeah, yeah. yeah a 1,000%. I but Quick note as well, because we've been talking about Chase Pauls. Yes. The fellow they picked yeah. up last week. Yeah. Uh, the last two games, yeah, the last two games they played were both wins, and Ty Young got both wins in goal. And looks amazing. They beat Calgary on Thursday, three to two. Hudson Thornton had a goal and assist. And they beat Kamloops 4-1 on Saturday to wrap up 2023. Riley Height, two goals and an assist. Carlin DeZane, a goal and an assist. Chase Pauls had an assist in each game. Nice. Yeah, so good start to him, and they're probably hoping that that kind of rubs off on, um, Mr. Vallis. I'll have to have a look at the tape. I'm not going to look at the tape, but... uh, (laughs) Yeah. Because how do you get that? But uh, one of the things that Mark Lamb talked about when when, uh, Chase Pauls came Mm -hmm. was that he makes a great first pass. That's one of the first things Mm -hmm. he said. So I'd love to know if those assists were from the blue line and shots in that got tapped, or if he made a great outlet pass and it led to a goal. I'm I'm not sure about that. To Paracic over to height, boom, into the net. Yeah, still. Well, I just just made a hand gesture uh, to Frank, you know, kind of saying that the scales are balancing a little bit because everybody was very on top of um, Ravensburg. Yes. Right? Everybody was excited about him. He was playing phenomenally. He still is. Oh, yeah. But to have two goalies oh. that are playing as well as they are. Oh, like, an A1 you, and an A2. You, you, you can't. Especially on a week like this. Yeah. Yeah. They play in Wenatchee tonight. They play... I've got the schedule somewhere. I, I, Seattle in Seattle on Friday, in Portland on Saturday, and in Everett on Sunday. You can't have one goalie play Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. No, no. So, no. So you're going to probably have somebody go Wednesday, yeah. Saturday, and then Friday, Sunday is what my yep. guess would be. And yeah. uh, having watched that Edmonton game, uh, you cannot blame Ravensburg. Not for even the, a little bit. The, the, no. the four, the, the, they spot him to a four nothing lead. Yes. Yeah. Before coming back and darn near winning the game, and I actually yeah. said at the time to uh, a, a, an Edmonton super fan who was sitting beside me, you, "This game's not over." And he no. nodded and went, "Oh, I know, I know, yeah. I know." Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and sure enough, and it was Young that let in the only goal of the game that was a softy, yeah. and it was a softy. But he hasn't played in a while. But that He's was coming yeah. off the bench. Yeah. And and it wasn't his fault anyway. No. I mean, the game certainly didn't hinge in the balance of that no. goal. It was just uh, that it was ironic that 
Ravensburg looked 16, but not soft. Yeah. Yes. Four goals. And, uh, and then in comes Ty just out of mercy. Yes. And, uh, and he's the one that only lets in one, but it was a squibber. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're probably going to talk some more about the Cougars on Post to Post. The Community Arts Council and Knox Performance Centre are encouraging you to experience Jonathan Crow in concert Tuesday, February 13th. Accompanied by Phil Chu, this Prince George native will present a unique and inspiring classical concert featuring works by Brahms, Strauss, and a few modern Canadian composers. Tickets are available through ticketsnorth.ca and at the CN Centre box office. Toronto Symphony Orchestra violinist Jonathan Crow with pianist Phil Chu Tuesday, February 13th at Knox Performance Center. Music-loving night owls can rejoice as Cold Snap 2024 has teamed up with Mad Loon Productions to present late-night shows on February 9th and 10th. Billy ZZ and Folky Strumstrum will be the Friday night entertainment, while the Coastal Drifters, Res Rockers, and Elijah Quinn are on tap for Saturday night. A special bundled package price is available to take in both nights. Tickets and full details are available at coldsnapfestival.com. That's Cold Snap Late Night Shows, February 9th and 10th at the Legion. The Prince George Aquatic Center offers advanced aquatic and leadership training for swimmers interested in becoming an instructor or certified professional lifeguard or upgrading their certification. For the full list of programs as well as the schedule, click on the AQ Leadership Programs link on the program registration page through the Aquatics link under Parks and Recreation at princegeorge.ca. Advanced Aquatic Leadership Programs at the Prince George Aquatic Center from the City of Prince George. We are back on Post to Post, Jesse, Frank, and Al, and yeah, we're still talking about the Cougars a little bit because there's so much to talk about. Next home games, by the way, January 12th and 13th versus Kelowna. Now, what's going to be interesting is right now, the Cougars are 26 and 10. They have still to play, they have still to lose outside of regulation time. What are you doing? Which is incredible. Stop talking. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, he's pitching a shutout. Quit saying shutout. Come on. Okay. <laughs> but, um, no, and the other it's thing unbelievable. I it's unbelievable. I don't think. Ten losses this year. Every single game after a loss, a they win. win. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why I didn't mind when they lost to Edmonton. Yeah. Because well, I no, knew that it just fan. meant. Oh, yeah. Like, you can't. I'm not an Edmonton fan. <laughs> no. But uh, here's the thing. I was sitting beside uh, a childhood friend. Two mm-hmm. childhood friends ended up getting married. They had a kid. They don't live here. I didn't grow up here mm-hmm. either. But yeah. we. But uh, but Brian and Katie had a little kid named Colby, who was the starting goalie for the Edmonton <laughs> Oil Kid. Yeah. And so I got the text saying, hey, go and support Colby. And by luck, Brian and his father was able to actually make the trip because ah, they live in uh, in Kamloops now. So this is actually a close game for them. Yeah. So uh, he came and uh, Kamloops is a good one. And and you know what? I I got a lot of compliments from Brian about because he has seen he. I think he mentioned only three barns he's not seen Colby play in, and uh, he's he gave high kudos to the town of Prince George and the the fandom of Prince George. Yeah. Now I just want to talk about something as well because we were talking about the fact that they've got what uh, four games in five nights starting tonight on yeah. this. Southern road trip. The Cougars are second in the WHL leading the Western Conference. Mm-hmm. Wenatchee, who they played tonight, are second in the Western Conference. Portland, 
who they play on Saturday, are third in the Western Conference. Everett, who they play on Sunday, are fifth. <laughs> this is not an easy this road This is a test. Well, what I mean, about Saturday? Portland is on Saturday. So who? So Seattle is on Friday. They're down around. They're down, they're the down near the bottom. Yeah, However, they're down near the bottom against teams that are super yeah, hard. I know. Absolutely. So that yes. that's in Western mean, Conference. And, and we know George from last year. Too. Yeah, and we oh. know from yeah. from oh. Seattle that they're not a pushover team. Well, no. no, because you look at the Western Conference. Cougars fifty two points. Wenatchee in second forty nine points. Portland in third with forty eight. Everett in fifth with forty six. So that tells you that's a pretty tight conference. The Cougars, by the way, are also number two again this week in the uh, CHL. Who's number one? Bay Como, Drakkar, okay. out of Quebec. They've been there for about the last four I was going to say, weeks. they've been yes. there for, for a while. I just wanted yeah. to see if anybody, if there was a flip in how no. the Cougars stayed at number two. No, Saskatoon is now number four, and Portland's number ten. Again, and there Sask- wasn't a lot of movement over this past week or so. And Saskatoon is first in the dub, right? By one point. By one point, yeah. yeah. And I think they've got a game, game in hand. hand. No. Yeah. They've oh, no, they've got games two. Now. Oh, oh, they've they played played okay. games yeah. now. Yes, I was checking that. Um, two weeks ago, they were losses. three games. They had three games in hand. Yeah, yeah they've got fewer yeah. losses than the Cougars where it comes out to. I think they're 25-8, and then whatever it adds up to in the overtime eggs. shootout. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you were looking at numbers. I pulled up some numbers on my phone as well. We were talking about, or you were talking about Vallis being a, being a setup guy. 33 points yeah. um, and is slotted in at 6th. In scoring now on the on the Cougars, on the Cougars. Team. On the Cougars. Cougars. he, he yes. automatically he's becomes six. six. Yep, Jeez. and then he is um, he's got thirty three points, and he's also a, a dash three. Not that that's really a great indication no. because that doesn't take into account yeah, power play and everything like that. But being on a on a team that's putting the puck in the net that isn't you know oh. kind of hanging out middle bottom of the league like the Pats are. Yeah. You know, I expect to see that jump very quickly. Well, the, ta- the guy you've got to watch out for, though, who wants to maintain that number six role spot in the Cougars scoring, a guy named Andre Becker, who's currently over at the World Juniors. Yeah. yeah. Playing for Chechia. Five assists it's in okay. five he's, games. It's okay. He's got him by 12 points and uh, and uh, five less games played. And yeah. then you've got, you know, like Zemer and Dezane, who are down at 20 and 19, and they're only a couple points. I mean, Dezane is 12 points back. Yeah. But, I mean, Cohen missed some... Some major time. I was going to say you got to look at the games played. A thousand percent. Yeah, right. (laughs) He's got exciting stats. Really, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Thirty-one points in twenty games. Sign me up. Yeah, totally. And uh, Becker's last assist was yesterday. Oh, in the last minute of play against Canada. And let's just put our hands up here and point to to those same stats that you're looking at on your phone and go, wouldn't those stats look good on in a Team Canada uniform right about now? At least one of them. Riley Height. You gotta look at that and go, what were they thinking? At least the guy with two points per game. Yes. You know, 68 points in 34 games. Yeah, second assist. I take a flyer on that guy. And Jordan DeMay. Yeah. Was he was on the team on Team Canada this year, but just like our Cougars this year, mm-hmm. was overlooked last year. Even though he was leading the CHL in points, the yeah. only mm-hmm. guy who nipped him out at the end was some dude named Bedard by three points. Yeah. Bedard. and they didn't want him yeah. on Team Canada. No. Yeah. So now he's there on Team Canada, but with no experience on Team Canada. Mm-hmm. 
He could have been a better player Absolutely. this year yep. had he been on the team last year, I contend. Yep. And, uh, and we're going to have the same thing when well, uh, when Zemer's on the team next year. The height. And, or height, rather. Height, sorry, yes. when Height's on the team I, next year. Here's what I think is going to happen. But with no experience. And this is just me, is that I think Height is going to wind up going to Minnesota. I don't think he's... He might... I, I don't... With the season that he's having, I would be surprised to see him play in a Cougars uniform again. I'm just saying. Yeah. Um, I could see him going to AHL, NHL, but I could see because now so many NHL teams, like Bedard didn't get to go back to the World Juniors because the team said, no, we need you here. Yeah. Right? There's three or four. Minnesota's a tougher team. Fantilli could have went. Right? Minnesota's absolutely a tougher team. Maybe he gets put in the AHL, but I could see him... Not, well, I guess that would burn the first year of his contract. He might wind up back here, but I could see them being like, no, no, we don't want him to go there because we're going to bounce back and forth. Mm-hmm. When we're playing in Vancouver, we want him to come down and and have a game with us. Yeah. Right? I could just see it being one of those things where, you know, he he winds up getting screwed, for lack of a better word, because this year they were like, oh, no, we don't need him. Well, yeah. you got knocked out in the quarterfinals. Maybe you could have had a guy that Maybe, scored a little. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the when you get shut out 3 nothing to Sweden. And that's the thing. It was goal scoring that ended up being Weird. Canada's problem. <laughs> 68 points, 34 games. Well, he's got 22 penalty minutes, though, so that's yeah. oh, well. better keep him off the list, then. Yeah, he yeah. is second in the WHO in assists with 48, and Zach Funk continues to lead the league in goal scoring. He's now up to 37. And Tarek Parasic, first time we've mentioned his name on this show. <laughs> he's doing okay. Yeah. 54 points, eighth in the WHO scoring race, and he's the top rookie. Yeah. And, and now we were talking about this last week. The biggest problem for the Cougars, when it, the, the way things are going right now, the biggest problem for the Cougars at the end of the season is going to be who do you vote for for Rookie of the Year? Paratic or Roethlisberger? Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, it is a tough problem to have, oh. eh? <laughs> man. I could see them finishing one, too. And the Spruce Kings won their last game of the season, too, before well, the, the break. the last game of the year. Before the break. Is yes. Yeah. 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 They beat, uh, they beat the Warriors. Col- they beat West Kelowna 4-3 in overtime. In town, right? Yes. Super cool side note to that. I'm sure that you heard about this as well, but Braden Epp was mm. in town. Oh, and, I didn't hear this. Yeah, and he officiated. He was on the ah, ice with them, which no are both the teams way. that he played for in the BCHL. That is one of and, those rare spooky moments. Well, and coming back from the um, from the MS diagnosis and everything like that, like yeah. he's like to be able to get out there and, oh. and participate and against yeah. the two teams that you that you well played for not against. Or, sorry, re- well, no, for <laughs> well, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> officials are but, never on your team. No, no, but to officiate for the two teams that you that you yes. played for, that's got to be full full yeah. circle. And quick note, Spruce Kings uh, won the game for three to say in overtime. Kazumo Sasaki got the game winner. And they are in tough this weekend at home. They play Friday at 7 and Saturday at 6 against the Penticton Vs, mm. who are first in the interior. Always. And on that note, <laughs> we're going to take another quick break and be back and probably keep talking hockey, but we might say move down a level, if you will, on Post to Post. The local organizing committee for the 2024 Parabiathlon World Championships and Paranordic World Cup Finals have launched their new event website. As excitement builds for the two consecutive events being held March 5th to 17th at the Otway Ski Trails, the new site is the main portal for all information on athletes, teams, volunteers, fans, and community members. Check out the website today at caledoniancompetitions.com so you're prepared as the world comes to Prince George in March. 
The 2024 Parabiathlon World Championships and Nordic World Cup Finals are set for March 5th to the 17th at the Caledonia Nordic Ski Center, and it's time for volunteers to sign up. Volunteers are needed for a variety of roles including course, ceremonies, biathlon event support, security, transportation, venue, and hosting. More information and sign-up details on volunteering are available through the event website at caledoniacompetitions.com. The Caledonia Nordic Ski Club is excited to be hosting the prestigious Tech BC Cup January 27th and 28th. The event is a key competition for Nordic skiing enthusiasts and athletes from around the province. Skiers will compete in various categories, showcasing their skills and determination in this highly anticipated race. Full details on the Tech BC Cup and other exciting competitions coming to the Otway Trails are available under the events menu at caledonianordic.com. Forecast from Environment Canada for today, mainly cloudy, wind up to 15K, a high of minus 1 with a wind chill to minus 7. Tonight, partly cloudy, becoming cloudy overnight with a 60% chance of flurries, wind continuing, a low of minus 5 with a wind chill to minus 11. On Thursday, flurries ending in the morning, then clearing, wind from the south at 30, becoming light late in the afternoon with a high of 3. We're back on Post to Post, Alan, Jesse, and Frank. And let's talk some BCHL, because they're actually going to start playing again this weekend. Nice. After Weird. The, after the long holiday. Uh, I found out why that is, by the way, because there's so many tournaments that happen. Like, the Max mm, is usually around. Yes. Sure, not the Max. Well, it's around school, it right? It's based yeah, around sure. school because sure. all these kids are in school. Sure. Circle What's K, the max I think? called? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. the max. So, I just call yeah. it the max. Yeah, so do I. Um, but, the, you know, they're usually contested over, so they yeah. take time off. Oh, yeah. Well, and the, kids want to have some time with their families over the holidays as well. Yeah. And we don't. Family. Unacceptable. Okay. We don't yeah, want okay. that. Anyways, Northern Capitals. Well, your female, daughter went to the Wix, didn't she? Not this year. Not no. this year? Female no. U18 team in Richmond this weekend for a showcase. Uh, they play Fraser Valley Rush on Friday and the Greater Vancouver Comets as well on Friday. And then on Saturday, the Thompson Okanagan Lakers and again the Comets. So they basically get a series with the Comets out of the way on the weekend. Which is a team that they're trying to chase down yes. for some positioning when it comes to playoffs. Yeah, yeah these are four-point games, as they, it were. They play at home January 19th and 20th, hosting the Vancouver Island. Actually, no. They do not play at home. Yeah, there's January some head shaking going on here. <laughs> They play in Fort St. James on the 19th and Vanderhoof on the 20th. Yeah. The tentative, I mean, right, oh. it, it's the outdoor game. It's the, yes. the winter uh, classic. Yeah. Whether it's going to be an outdoor game or not, unsure at this moment, yeah. but it's well, Northern two BC. Weeks. you got two, got weeks. two weeks. It's looking yeah, good. Of time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It looks it's like just winter. They, just whether they can get the ice down. Yes. Yeah. Right? Because they got to put a lot of layers down, but yeah. having yeah. built lots of rinks in my time, yeah. they should have absolutely should okay. no trouble yeah. with yeah. this. In fact, we were just out on my neighbor's backyard rink, and I was shocked. I got We got the call, hey, come over and play some hockey. I'm like, we're not playing on a puddle? Yeah, exactly. And another other good yeah. Solid awesome. base on it, and the lakes around here. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. are. I would have thought them too thin, yeah. but mm-hmm. West Lake apparently has seven inches. Yes, that's what I was told. Don't yeah. verify. Like, yeah. Personally, verify, please. This is not. This was not a. This is not an endorsement of to the middle of West Lake. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Safety CFIS. first, kids. CFIS. CFIS. Wear your helmet and your life jacket. Yes, yeah. <laughs> just in case. But uh, but the lakes look great because of yeah. no snow. Yeah. Now, the U18 Cougars are at home this weekend. Thompson Blazers are in town Saturday at 9, Sunday at 10.30 a.m., both games at Kin 1. Another note for the Cougars. 
the BCEHL announced their Players of the Month for December. Mason Lowen won the December Player of the Month. He's out of Fort St. John. And Kenyon McIsaac was the Defender oh, of the Month. Both of them from the Cougars. He's a, he's a local kid. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the U-17 Cougars uh, are at the Thompson Blazers on Saturday and Sunday. Again, I've noted this before. It seems like the U-18 and the U-17 teams um, are reversed of each other. If one of them's at home to Team X, the other one is on the road at Team X, which is a nice yeah. way to work out the schedule. I haven't schedule, noticed right? that, but yeah. I'm yeah. sure it has to do with scheduling at the rink. Yeah. yeah. They're, uh, they're, the U-17 team's next home games are the following weekend. Vancouver Northeast Chiefs are in town the 13th and the 14th. The U-15 Cougars are at the Vancouver Northwest Hawks on Saturday and Sunday. They host the Okanagan Rockets January 13th and 14th. So... Um, Oh, yeah. I'm going to say I'm in touch with somebody from the local Caribou Hockey group, because that's sort of the overseeing group for the all the BCHL teams and everything, and just see if we can get somebody on next week, next Thursday, I'll just mention that again, mm-hmm. um, to talk about the... Um, Winter Classic. Yeah. That's, it's I, such I a big what deal. They called it. I knew yeah. they didn't call it the road show, because that's, no, that's, that's, that's the BCHL, BCHL one. Don't. Yes. But yeah, the Winter Classic. And it's such a great event. It is oh, yeah. like one of BC's great hockey events. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, and it seems like every year they get a different team up, and this year it's Vancouver Island. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. last year I think it was the Lakers. It was the Lakers for the girls, I think. Yeah. And then the Blazers for the boys, if I remember correctly. Yeah, so actually, and I've never gotten to take part in it, so I'm looking forward to well, no, going to, to you're watch it. You're a little bit too old, Frank. Yeah, I know, I know. Uh, I, I still try and make the team. They keep yeah, saying yeah. no. They keep saying, listen, yeah. your birth certificate says no. Yeah. <laughs> your birth right. certificate. Nothing I can do. And you're great, and, and your, your birth spe- certificate says no. And your skating speed says no. You don't know that. I, yeah, right, what he said. <laughs> I'm sure you're right, but you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you do, but you don't know. Yeah, sort of like Westlake Ice. Yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. Yeah. You're sure it's fine, but we don't know. you got to yeah. test yourself. Yes, and that's what they gained the Westlake Ice. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we're going to send you out first. Yeah. I'm sure the ice is great. You go out first. <laughs> no, so, um, yeah, so, again, oh, uh, wrapping up winter sports very quickly. Uh, International Biathlon Union, uh, World Cup Biathlon, they're in Oberhof, Austria this weekend. Oh, so right. Emily Dixon. Go, Emily. Yes. Yeah. The ISU, the World Cup Speed Skating, uh, they're off until January 26th through 28th. Carolina Hiller from Prince George will be in Salt Lake City that weekend. Huh. The next one. And the Ski Cross World Cup uh, with Gavin Rowell. Gavin. Uh, January 20th and 21st in Nakiska, Alberta. Oh, so that's to home. really close to home. Yes. I hope that, uh, that uh, Ken and Audrey will get a chance, his parents, to go and watch him. Yeah. And one quick note before we get away from the BCEHL. Frank and I talked about this a little bit last week. Um, there was a local player who's actually got a connection to somebody in this room nominated for the BCAHL Humanitarian Award. Well, I don't know her that well. <laughs> I've seen her play. Yeah. I've seen her play. She's yeah. hanging out with my kid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, just explain. Yeah, so um, my stepdaughter, Peyton Planetta, nominated for the uh, the Capitals for their uh, humanitarian. First yeah. half, we were looking at that. Yeah. Um, first half, se- in case first she half can, of the season. In yeah, case just, you take somebody's just in case something happens in, in the last half. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but nominated for the uh, 
Humanitarian Player yeah. of the Year, which is uh, leadership, teamwork, mm-hmm. you know, youth volunteering, mentoring, all that stuff. So it's a yeah. lot of off ice stuff. It's a yeah. ton of off ice stuff, and you know, you guys. Well, Alan had mentioned it when when I walked into the studio, and I had no idea. <laughs> I, I was oh, for what? Yeah, a humanitarian. <laughs> for what? Are we talking about the same? Yeah. Well, not not that she no. doesn't. I mean, she does yeah. a lot, but because they're so when you're... busy with the road and everything like yeah. that, it's t- it's tough for her to get out. But she's, I mean, she's gone out with a with a few teams and done some of that stuff. I know that it's a big part of the Winter Classic that they do yes. a lot with them up there. They do a big, um, oh. show, not a showcase, but they do a big clinic type thing yeah. where they where all the Capitals go out uh, with the girls on Saturday after the, or sorry, just with the minor hockey um, yeah. on Saturday. And she and she does a lot. She's out there with a lot of the young goalies helping. Um, Chris Joyce and, mm-hmm. and Kenny Jerome and those guys who put on clinics and stuff like that. So it's, it's not surprising to me that she that she was nominated. Yeah. It's surprising that I didn't hear about it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, teenagers! Yeah. <laughs> well, she did. not a condemnation, but she didn't know either. She said, "I got nominated for what now?" And I said, "The humanitarian award." She goes, "Oh, she's like I, I, yeah. I I've only saved three or four lives this week." Well, that's yeah. what I, that's what she said. But but the yeah. thing is, when you're in it, and even as a family, you know this. Oh, when yeah. you're in it, yeah. you don't recognize nope. it as humanitarian material. Yeah. It's just what you're doing. It's well, just your stuff, your life. You're just doing the things that matter to you. And, and somebody else from outside is the one taking notes. For sure. Because it's not that like, kid think, is... I think that our head coach and GM nominated. I think that's what it... Yes. For, for the team. That's my understanding. And then it's voted on by the by the other yep. head coaches and GMs. Yeah. Um, but no, you're, you're 100% right. When you're in the middle of it, it's just, no, there were people that came out and helped... This team when, or my team when I was younger, so it's expected that the good players would come out and help the other developing teams, you know, the nine, ten year olds, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's just expected. So it's like, no, it's part of what you do. There's never, like you said, there's never a thought of the award or anything like that. It's just, no. Didn't even know there was an no, award. Exactly. Great. Absolutely. And, and, and that's why I am so impressed all the more that Carter Houck, who actually yes. won the, at a provincial level, yeah. won the award, a, a Prince George guy. Absolutely. He, deserves it yeah oh yeah that kid is involved in a thousand things and it's just living life to him it's just normal his whole family's engaged all the time yeah and he's engaged all the time and everyone in this town who's been to a cougars game has seen him even subliminally because he's the uh stick attendant for the cougars yes uh, yeah and they're all among just one of the many things he does, he's a ref as well. Mm-hmm. The kid and lives at the rink. Yeah. yeah. He's never not at the rink. Okay. And it's not because his parents are dragging him there. He's he dragging to, them there. Yeah, exactly. I just, sorry, I know you're trying to go to break. I know you're trying to go to break. Um, I just got a text from my wife who's listening to this for the <laughs> first time ever. Um, she said that uh, Kathy Bryant, the manager, not the GM that's spray, okay. but the uh, the manager of the uh, of the Capitals, that's who nominates. Okay. The manager of each team. So nice. Okay. Good. Yeah. Sounds yeah. good. Okay, we are going to take a quick break and be back with more on Post to Post. Get creative with Lego at both branches of the Prince George Public Libraries. Lego time is held Monday from 3 to 5 at the downtown branch and Tuesdays from 3 to 5 at the Nechaco branch. It's a chance for those ages 5 to 18 to get together for some creative fun with other Lego enthusiasts. The library supplies the Lego, you supply the imagination. Lego time at the downtown branch of the public library on Monday from 3 to 5 and at the Nechaco branch on Tuesdays from 3 to 5. Your Prince George Public Library is seeking nominations for the 2024 Gene Clark Local History Awards. Nominations are still being accepted for the Service Awards to recognize outstanding contributions by an individual or group in the area of local history. Full nomination details are available at the library or online through pgpl.ca. 
Service Award nominations for the 2024 Gene Clark Local History Awards will be accepted until January the 9th. The Gene Clark Local History Awards, a proud presentation of your Prince George Public Library. And back, Alan, Frank, and Jesse on Post to Post for the final Wednesday time. Again, I'll mention that at the end of the show as well. Uh, a couple of other things happening locally. What? <laughs> Winter well, baseball starting up at UMBC. Make sure oh, you sign up. Okay. Oh, okay. Didn't know that. No. Well, I was thinking of a couple of other things that are going on. Uh, the PG Youth Volleyball U16 Kodiak Red Girls Team finished fourth at the University of Alberta Pandas New Year's Eve Tournament last week. The weekend. only girls team there from, from BC. BC. From BC. I was going to say, if they were the only girls team, why didn't they finish first? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they lost a team out of Camrose for the bronze medal. Their next three team, sets, their though. Next took tournament three sets to beat them. is the end of the month, January 27th, 28th in Kelowna. But uh, I think you were saying the winter baseball is up at UNBC? Yeah, it's a training program for uh, for baseball players in the yeah. off season. And yeah. so, uh, yeah, if you sign up, you can get in on that. Is that done with Northern Baseball or whatever they're nope. called? No, nope. 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 it's separate. just, uh, yeah, it is separate. Awesome. I mean, I, I think that uh, the Clark brothers are involved as coaches. Yeah. Okay. But you know, uh, it's not a, an affiliation. Oh, okay. Awesome. It's just Prince George Youth Baseball. Yeah. Just Good. knock yourself out. Go Excellent. play ball. Guess what else is happening up at UNBC this weekend? Is there games? Well, is, is it yes. perhaps maybe some basketball? Yes, for the first time in, I think, a year and a half. No, not <laughs> yeah. quite that bad. But again, they take... But again, A, it's Christmas, and B, it's also end of semester for all of the universities. So there's exams. Listen, yeah, what yeah. I'm saying is that they haven't had games up there all year, and I'm getting pretty frustrated by it. You've been waiting <laughs> to use that line, haven't you? Yeah. Yes. Um, the women, the Lethbridge is the team that's in town. This is the nice team about basketball, as we mentioned before. Is it's the same team for both men and the women. Yeah, they yeah. come together. Yeah. yeah. It's- the women, UMBC women, bringing a two and six record in, and Lethbridge is three and two. Um, Friday at six o'clock. Saturday at five. Uh, the men, five and three, it's not doing too bad this year. Uh, they are hosting Lethbridge, who are currently zero and five. Well, and are not careful. La- are not <laughs> seven in three or five and five. <laughs> There's no in between. <laughs> and Lethbridge is not in last place in Canada West. It's in a wall. Five. So someone's well, obviously played six games. Six games. I think somebody else has played seven. <laughs> or got more scores, or gotten more baskets. Yes. Yeah. No, uh, those games take place, of course, after the women's games. So the men te- are scheduled for eight o'clock. On Friday and seven o'clock on Saturday, up at the Northern Sports Center, head on up there. I mean, um, for one thing, the roads aren't going to be in any better shape than they've ever been for getting yeah. up there. Yeah, no kidding. No. There's no construction. That's all done. Yes, <laughs> it's easy to get up there. <laughs> and that facility rocks. For it's basketball. a great facility to they watch get, a basketball they get game in. Crowds or out. a volleyball game. Yeah, they get decent yeah. crowds out for the UNBC games, and they make noise. Yep, it's all university students. Yes. Well, not all. No, no, <laughs> no. Not I'm the fans. No, no. But all I'm the players saying. are. I keep yeah. signing. I, again, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep asking. Can I, can I play? I've seen yeah. your jump shot. It's yeah. <laughs> they keep saying, okay, Frank, if you can dunk. And Frank goes, 
Rats. Uh, <laughs> I'll grab that donut and do it. Yeah, exactly. That, that doesn't count, right? <laughs> ah, but that's <laughs> with the three minutes that we have left. I don't want to get into a big thing here, but I think that that's you mentioned volleyball, and I think that that's something that needs to be. I, I know it has been explored, but it's something that needs to have some serious consideration. There's so, like we just said, the Kodiak yes. 16 team, right? There's oh. so many good volleyball players that leave here. Yeah. To go play high-level scholarships and everything like that, like Colin Carson, who went and played for TRU, I believe, and then went and yeah. played pro in in Europe. Murray Laidlaw, he played for CNC, but then left and went and played pro as well. There's there's a there's a market there. Oh yeah, and we've had a great high That's school a great way volleyball to it, yeah. in the city for That's, years. Like fantastic. I remember, you guys are going to be surprised. I can do this. I remember when I was in high school, <laughs> they had high school back they then. Had calendars then. <laughs> We had, the the year after I left, this was not a coincidence, by the way, because I didn't play volleyball, but the year after I left, I believe it was, we won the uh, provincial championship in the gym at PGSS. Ah. We hosted and won it. And you guys have seen the gym at PGSS, I'm yep. guessing, right? Yeah, yeah, Where yeah. they've got, like, the double gym, the one above yep, the, the other. the one above and the one, yeah. yeah, and then the seats below. I think the polar sort of intimidated some of the teams when they were doing their spiking practice before the games. Because their guys were hitting the ball and it was bouncing into the upper gym. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's kind of intimidating when you, when you know a guy can hit the ball that hard and there's three or four of them who are doing it. Yeah. Consistently. Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. And the guy is setting the ball perfectly for them as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I, I sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, speaking of UMBC, mm. uh, maybe we, this is a good time to talk about uh, Professor Stephen Rader. Hmm. Underwater hockey. Underwater hockey. Now, that's a sport that probably you can't play at the Northern Sports Center. No. It's also a sport you might not play at West Lake if you have to see <laughs> yeah, That's right. <laughs> Good callback, Alan. Well done. Well done. Callback. You just, if you're not careful. Well done. So bring your gear. That's bring your hockey bring gear your- to West Lake. And some scuba gear, just in case. Underwater hockey's a real thing. I, I was shocked and I couldn't believe it. And my buddy Steven, who I've yeah. known for years and years and years, plays it. He's 59 years old and he's the player and the coach. Where do and they play? At the pool, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, not at the lake, obviously, <laughs> but no. like, is it like, is it like rec hockey where it's like, oh yeah, okay, we got you in from uh, 9.15 to 11.30. They're hoping get to get, to, it, it, they kind of book in the way that the uh, water polo players book oh, in, okay. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, they're hoping to get a rec team. Mm-hmm. There's a UMBC team right now. Okay. And it's a five-on-five thing. There's no goalie because cool. apparently they can't hold their breath that long. You know, the <laughs> Fair. line yeah. changes. Fair. Yeah, you can't. Yeah. But uh, they need a, they need they want to put together a community team so they have someone to play because there awesome. is such a thing in May as the Nationals. Wow. And they want to go play this. Okay. Crazy. We are going to look at possibly getting somebody like Dr. Rader on the show in the next little while to talk more about this. And if we do, he will have to come in on a Thursday because starting next week, Post to Post is going to be on Thursdays. My thanks to Jesse Church, Frank Peebles. Thanks very much. And we will talk to you next Thursday for Post to Post. You're listening to CFIS-FM Prince George, a not-for-profit community radio station broadcasting with 500 watts of power at 93.1 on the FM dial. CFIS-FM is owned and operated by the Prince George Community Radio Society.